I want to direct our attention for scripture meditation today to two passages. Um, one in Isaiah 53, it's the one we all know there, and then later on in Philippians. The reason why, the way this came up was uh, that uh, just just last week in um, Easter, uh, the, the, the choir at my church here in Kingston sang together uh, a couple pieces for Easter. One of those was a song by uh, Robin Mark entitled Highly Exalted. Maybe, maybe you know it. Robin Mark is a musician up in the north of Ireland. And it was on meditating together as a choir on the lyrics of his piece that uh, this medication <laughs> meditation came. Uh, it was a very special time for us because uh, the the choir. I tried to muster this choir originally two years ago, and we were to sing on the very Sunday that we locked down and everything stopped and everyone went home and we started broadcasting from uh on online and so on it was chaotic it was very sad that we uh we 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 had to cancel our singing that day but finally here we are singing again and it's very special for that reason let's look at isaiah 53 and this is a very very familiar passage about the the suffering servant of the lord and so i'll i'll read I'll just read some verses, make some observations, and I, I won't go, uh, I, I won't be able to read everything and, and detail it, but I'll just draw the observation that I, that I want to bring to our attention. So I, Isaiah 53 uh, is talking about the servant of the Lord um, who, who uh, in, in 53 verse 2, grew up before the Lord quite in modest terms. He was like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. It gets worse. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And then in verse 5, it gets even worse. Not, not only was he socially rejected, but he was brutalized. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Look at verse 7. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. So it goes from modest, lowly, to rejected, to physically beaten, and of course, as we know, finally to completely afflicted and murdered. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Verse 11 talks about the anguish of his soul. Out of the anguish of the soul, he shall, he shall be satisfied. And then verse 12, this is where I want to draw our attention. 
Verse 12 begins, therefore, therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many. The word therefore is, it's a verbal hinge. And it says, it links all the information before it as the cause or the reason for all the information after it. And in this case, the prophet Isaiah is saying, because of all the lowliness and humility and anguish and suffering of this servant, of the Messiah, therefore, says the Lord, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death. So because of the humility, he's going to get a reward. He's going to get a portion of the spoil with the strong. And that might not be intuitive to us, especially in my culture. That might not sit comfortably with any of us because we, we want to associate reward and strength and good outcome with our trying with our best efforts and attention, intentions and our achievements. But it seems, at least for the Messiah, this was not the case. Turn forward now with me to the epistles, and we're going to look at a passage in Philippians 2, verse, starting at verse 5, which I think parallels Isaiah 53 very much. In verse, so Philippians 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So you see in these words, the apostle, just like Isaiah the prophet, is describing the humiliation of Christ as he goes from the highest, the form of God, downward to being emptied of himself, downward to be a servant downward yet again to be born in the likeness of men and down and down he goes until he's like a servant and and at the point of death still obedient and the most the vilest lowest form of death death on a cross but then in verse 9 there's the word again therefore therefore god has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so again, we see this idea that because of the humiliation of Christ, therefore God exalted him. And look how high God exalts him in verse 10. So that the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow, amazing. He goes from the lowest humility to the highest exaltation. And it's not just a coincidence. It's because of the one that God causes 
the other. I think this isn't unique to the Messiah, not supposed to be anyway. I think it's consistent with our experience as believers. At least that's what the Lord would give us. Think of a couple a couple of uh, directives we have in the New Testament. James chapter 4, humble yourselves before the Lord, and what will he do in turn? He will exalt you. 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Yes, for us too. Not just our Messiah, but for us in our normal, everyday Christian experience, our humility feeds directly into God's exaltation of the humble believer. And I think there is nothing like prayer and the accompanying things like fasting, sackcloth, ashes, There's nothing like prayer to say, we are humbled before you, Lord. We need you. I mean, what we're we're asking God for in this time, we can't do. We can't cause this. We can't cause people to be saved. We can't revive our hearts in spiritual fervor and revival. We can't raise the people up that we're praying for. We can't resolve the social and spiritual conditions that we have before us in our circles and in our families. And we're saying, Lord, we need you. And we humble ourselves. If the Messiah, if it was good enough for the Messiah, and even he had to do it, well, we certainly need to as well. Let's humble ourselves before the Lord. Let's pray together. Let's come to him with open hands to be filled, with blind eyes to be opened, with naked bodies to be clothed. Let's seek him together. Amen.